Blog Talk Radio. But look at them. 
they're now they're a Final Four team. In a, in a year of parity, this shouldn't really come off as a shock to to many of us. Um, I did note this in previous podcasts that this is a year of parity. Um, when I did, I didn't do an actual individual bracket, but I did pick um, my teams that I thought would get to the Final Four, and I did pick um, correct. I did get two teams correct, Gonzaga and North Carolina, but this is this is not where I want to go with that. I wanted to talk about uh, watching South Carolina play. I watched them play a couple of games this weekend. Um, like many of you have, I watched them play um, as they beat, beat up on Baylor um, after beating Duke. Um, in the, in the second round, and they beat up on Baylor uh, uh, in the game in the in the Sweet 16 matchup, and then they played against a a, a Florida team that that barely got by. And kudos to the University of Florida and uh, uh, from the Gators as the Gators squeaked by to get um, to get the chance to play in the um, regional final um, with the, with the buzzer beater over Wisconsin. So that that was that was. Uh, what happened um, in in regards to Friday night? But yesterday, um, South Carolina did what they needed. South Carolina handled business. Um, I didn't really think South Carolina was this good. Um, again, I know they had the impressive. They came up third in the, in the Southeastern Conference. But again, I thought the Southeastern Conference is a weak uh, conference as far as basketball is concerned. But they do have two two kids that are um, that are that are very good basketball players. Um, P.J. Dozier, a, a former McDonald's All-American, probably could have went anywhere um, in the country that um, he chose to go, but he chose to stay home. He is a kid from South Carolina, chose to stay home and play um, for his home state, his home school, rather, um, Gamecocks. So, I mean, you can't take anything away from what Frank Martin has to do, and I got to give Frank Martin his props because he's that homeboy. He is from Miami. And being able to get a basically a football school and come in and do it, do um, build that program to where they are now, uh, a Final Four participant. Kudos to Frank, big time ups to, to Frank Martin and what he's been able to do. And this guy can recruit. I mean, when he was at Kansas State, he proved that he can recruit. He's he's a hire that I wish the Canes would have got. Although I am happy with Coach Larinaga um, at Miami, I, I just thought that Frank Martin being a homeboy would have been a good fit. But I mean, all everybody has come out. Okay, I mean everybody's come out well in that situation, given the fact that Coach L has just exceeded my expectations as my Hurricanes coach. But anyway, South Carolina is going to get a chance to play against a Gonzaga team that has only one loss all season. Gonzaga has just been that con- that model of consistency all season long. They have performed very well. They've been definitely without without one of the top teams in the nation um, during this entire year. So again, that's why I picked them to go to the Final Four. I thought this team was just very consistent. They have the, the the outside game. They got the inside game. They got a, a a very strong point guard play in William in Williams Golf. They have the team that and the formula and with Mark Few's experience to be able to make a deep run in the playoff and possibly win the national championship. So this matchup that's coming up between South Carolina and Gonzaga in the first game of the Final Four is going to be. One of those type of matchups to where which team is able to impose their will on who. Um, without a doubt, we know South Carolina is going to play um, uh, tenacious defense. Um, one of the things that gotta, something's got to give in this type of situation is that Gonzaga's averaging 38, uh, um, average um, 83 points a game in the season. So they're a very good offensive ball club. But South Carolina's proven they can suffocate you defensively. And will they be able to do that 
in this upcoming matchup that they're going to have um, with uh, with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. We'll see. The Gamecocks are good. The Gamecocks are very good defensively. And then, you know, one of the things I took from yesterday's ball game um, against the Gators with South Carolina was they were able to push the ball up the floor, getting some early offense. Um, again, Dozier and Thornwell were 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 big time in in the ball game yesterday. So, are they going to be able to? Do they want to run with Gonzaga? Are they going to be? Are they going to stay with that same style? I mean, one of the things that was that kept being noted during the telecast yesterday when I was watching was that they kept saying that uh, South Carolina wanted to keep push, wanted to push the ball before the Gators got set up defensively. Cause that was a, the Gators' calling card. Also, they're they're a very good defensive team. So South Carolina wanted to get in some early offense. Will they want to get into early offense going against Gonzaga, given the way Gonzaga can score from the inside and out? Um, that's going to be probably the, the the game within the game for uh, Frank Martin and Mark Few as we uh, as that Final Four game is played on Saturday. Um, given, you know, I like to do this and, and get my thoughts on who do I think I can win, and usually when I have guests, I, I ask them also. So, but without, I'm going to just go ahead and say that I think that Gonzaga just has just a little bit too much on the offensive end, and I think that the Gonzaga team is. It's a very talented team. They're very good, and I haven't. So I'm going to go ahead and pencil them in. Again, note I said pencil. I'm not going to put this in. Uh, write this down with pen. Um, in regards to Oregon and North Carolina, first let me go over. Oregon beat a very good Kansas team. Um, Kansas at home, one seed. Another team all year long has been one of the top teams. Um, as, uh, this season, and they, Kansas had everything going for them. Um, Oregon was a team that's had to deal with the injury to one of their best players coming to the game. Um, becoming into the tournament, um, one of their best players was not available to them. And to me, I didn't really um, affect Oregon's run, but Oregon has proven. And I got to give Dylan Brooks and uh, Jordan Bell and, and that young kid Dorsey who came up with 27 points um, Saturday night against Kansas got to give those kids credit. I mean they they withstood every rally Kansas threw at them. Um, every time Kansas looked like they were gonna, you know, get back all get all the way back in the game, Oregon was able to withstand. I mean, and the and the beat. I mean, in the, basically a basic home game for the Kansas Jayhawks and the crowd got into it, but Oregon never wiltered. They stayed on. They uh, they stayed was able to um, hold off the Kansas Jayhawks. So, or Oregon is an interesting ball club coming into this. Again, they were when if they were 100% healthy um, going into the game with North Carolina, I would feel much more better about their chances. But let me say this about the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yesterday was a phenomenal game between them and the Kentucky Wildcats. And before I really get into deep about Kentucky and. North Carolina. Let me say something about the matchup between Lonzo Ball and De'Aaron Fox. I, I'm going to tell you, LeVar Ball, I don't have a problem with anything he says in regards to um, his belief in his son's abilities or whatever. Any other outrageous comments that, well, any comments that he said that's been deemed outrageous. The man's entitled to his opinion. He can say what he wants to. Even in regards to his son being better than Seth Curry or whatever, he can beat Michael Jordan, whatever the man's comments have been. But one thing I will agree with um, Stephen A. Smith about in regards to LeVar Ball and 
how his comments could affect Lonzo Ball. Is one thing is he's putting a target on his son. Um, and I think that was a little bit evident, and it may not have necessarily been by LeVar Ball's comments, but De'Aaron Fox came into that game with a mindset to go right at uh, Lonzo Ball. He went right at him the entire ball game, and he thoroughly outplayed him. And I, and I don't use the word thoroughly um, lightly. It, it, it was total. I mean, it was a total. You, you can tell that um, De'Aaron Fox was getting the better of Lonzo Ball to the point to where it looked like Lonzo Ball kind of kind of shrinked a little bit uh, in the second half of that ball game. But anyway, that's just my team opinion. In that game yesterday right. with Kentucky, Kentucky uh, Malik Monk makes the three-pointer from the top of the key uh, from the top of the key with seven seconds left on the clock. The ball's inbounded. North Carolina rushes the ball down the court, and North Carolina's new hero uh, right now, Mr. Luke May. Makes basically a 19-footer with his foot on the, with his feet on the three-point line, and gives North Carolina a two-point lead with 0.3 seconds left. How ironic that that is, given what happened and how North Carolina lost the national championship last year on a buzzer-beating three-pointer, and that they're sent to the Final Four. Basically, it wasn't a buzzer-beater, but he did, um, you know, knock down the game-winning shot with 0.3 seconds on the clock. So. You know, the basketball guys, you know, smile down on Carolina this time after snubbing them last year in their um, defeat in the national championship game. And that's one of the reasons why I really picked North Carolina to win this entire, uh, to win a national championship, because I think North Carolina's been fueled by um, their disappointment that they had um, in the national title of the game. And it, it, they returned most of you know, all their players this year except for the young man Page, but they returned a, a solid solid core of guys that played in the national championship last year. So I saw, you know, the same thing I said about Clemson in football, you know, that that uh, is it, nothing more than a team that's motivated uh, based upon a disappointment and then give you know, giving the opportunity uh to to avenge or in their minds, you know, correct the correct the a disappointment. There's no better motivation in sports. Um, I mean, we've seen this over and over again. It's not just something that I uh, believe or subscribe to. I'm pretty sure a lot of sports fans and a lot of people that talk about sports see it the same way. You know, it's always it always seems when the teams kind of come back to, you know, avenge that disappointment from the year before. It's always they always had that extra motivation, and Carolina's definitely got the extra motivation. That's why in this matchup. Between or the Oregon Ducks and the Carolina Tar Heels, North Carolina Tar Heels, I think this is going to be one of those situations where um, Carolina, I think, is going to overwhelm um, Oregon with their size. A lot, a lot have they, a lot, a lot like they have done um, most teams uh, as far as in, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Carolina's got a lot of size, man. They are a big, big ball club, and and with that kid Jackson shooting, and if Barry, you know, he can stay consistent from the outside, I just think it's North Carolina's year. That's why I picked them from the start of the tournament, and I'm definitely going to pick them in. <clears throat> I'm definitely going to pick them in this ball game because I think they have uh, the formula to win and plus the motivation. So, 
I transferring over to the association, and then I am a Miami Heat fan, and I am really this has been one of the crazy, one of the most fun Miami Heat teams to watch. Um, they were first one of the one they I first had this team actually looking like the way they looked early in the season. Um, I figured they would struggle. They would be lottery bound. Uh, I didn't like the makeup of the roster. Um, a lot of guys who hadn't lived up to their potential. Um, a lot of guys who had something to prove. And that formula turned out to actually be what has kind of helped fuel this actual turnaround to where the Heat have actually won 24 ball, 24 of their last 32 games. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it. it you can't. You just can't explain how a team goes from 11 and 30 to 35 and 38 in the course of a season. I mean, this is this. I mean, they were starting. They you can tell they were competing. They were they were playing hard, and and their record was not a true indicator on how hard they competed. And it's and now it rewarded them as they've gotten the success over the last 32 ball games. Um, Got to give Eric Spoelstra who I've been very critical of. Um, I just I didn't think he was a very good in-game adjuster at at times. Um, but he's proven to be, um, this season, in my opinion, to do his best coaching job, really. And I'm not just because he's got this group going. I, I just think the fact that he was able to do what he was, I mean, get this team to be competitive with the team that um, Pat Riley constructed is amazing. I mean, even with the big kid white side and his potential, and he still has some, some rough edges to smooth out on this offensive game. Um, Goran Drogic, there was the possibility of him being traded at one time, and they didn't do it. He actually um, stuck, uh, they actually, he actually stayed in the Miami Heat uniform. And Deion Waiters, although right now he's dealing with a sprained ankle. I mean, James Johnson, didn't even know who this guy was. I had heard of him being on rosters, but I don't think he's been – He's, it's safe to say he, he hadn't had the impact um, on other teams that he's been able to have on the Miami Heat this season. Luke Bob has always been a shooter. Um, Wayne Ellington's always been a shooter. Tyler Johnson made the leap to get better. And Josh Richardson, I mean, what can you say? The Miami Heat has, it's, it's, and, and, and Willie Reed, a, a D-League player. I mean, this Miami Heat squad, it's just one of those situations you just can't explain itself with it. the team just plays hard and they, they 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 fight to the end even in the loss last night they played hard i mean they just Miami heat right now as this team is constructed is not winning an nba championship even the most diehard of a heat fan has to know that and i am a diehard heat fan they're not winning a, a, a college a, a nba championship with the way this roster is right now they definitely have to get um more, uh, 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 definitely a guy that can, you know, get his own shot. That's one of the things they need. So they need more talent on the roster. But it's fun to watch them. They play so doggone hard for Spolstra. And whatever happens in the playoffs, whether they draw Cleveland in the first round or they're able to climb up to the second seed and play the, play the Boston Celtics, uh, you can't – this season has to be deemed a success just by them just making the playoffs. Again, I, if there, there are those who listen to this show on a consistent basis, know how I feel about is he the championship or bust. That's just me. That's that's a will thing. I I'm I'm pretty sure there are not other fans that subscribe to that. They they are my teammate the playoffs yours did and they they're happy with that. I'm not with that that thought process, you know, usually. 
but I kind of catered it a little bit with the Miami Dolphins this year because the Dolphins were a flawed roster and they made the playoffs as the final seed and lo and behold the doggone heat are doing the same thing with a not so talented roster they're going to be um, possibly the AC I mean but it's still nine games remaining and they got a big contest tomorrow in Detroit against the Detroit Pistons so and that's the team that they're they're they got a half game lead over um, for the final playoff spot. And then, to be honest, the Miami Heat got a rough schedule um, down these uh, for these last nine games. They play five games away, they play four games at home, and then those last five games of the of regular season, they're going to close out against all teams that are, are contending for playoff spots. So. They're, I mean, they're going to be challenged. It's not going to be given to them. They're going to have to earn their way into the playoffs and earn that AC. And as a Heat fan, I think they can do it. I mean, what you do? You make you either you make the playoffs as an AC, or you go and you know get a get a ping pong ball and get a what a point two of a chance or two percent of a chance to you know to get you know a top pick. So. We'll see. I think it's going to be. I think it's just let it. Let's let let's let it play out. And if the Miami, like I said, if the Miami Heat make the playoffs, that that should be a, something that should be celebrated. And I don't know if Eric Sprost is going to get the coach of the year with it. That roster, that um, that current roster, and with that level of talent, they make the playoffs after starting the way they did. I think Eric Sprost should be given great consideration for. Uh, NBA Coach of the Year. As I get ready to close this show, I'm going to give my last thoughts on um, in regards to the Los Angeles, the, well, the soon-to-be possibly the Las Vegas Raiders. This just proves that money talks. That's 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 just what it is. Oakland um, is not going to build a stadium. Or no interest in building one for the Raiders, so what the Raider organization does, they go out and negotiate with a city that's uh, that's going to offer to build them one. And Las Vegas stepped up to the plate. Las Vegas is saying that they will have a stadium built for the Raiders by 2020. As a fan, I'm going to say honestly, I feel for the for the Raiders fans, especially some that's some, and especially since that's one of the better fan bases in the NFL, one of the most rabid and. Uh, boisterous fan bases there is in the NFL um, the black hole in Oakland and when you think of the Raiders you think of Oakland I, I can remember even when they were in Los Angeles for a couple of years I mean you still saw the Raiders as Oakland so for them to go back home I mean go back to Oakland uh, back in the mid 90s I mean that was a good thing to see but now this team is talking about relocating a second time from there and then this time is out of the state of California. They're going to Las Vegas. I mean, the middle happy. So, but again, the NFL is proven they're not. It's not about the ultimate fan experience anymore. It's it's all about TV contracts and selling licensing deals um, for for new billion dollar stadiums. That's what the NFL is about. It's all about the mighty dollar. It's all it's all about the money. That's that's what it all boils down to. So it, it's a good for the owner. I mean, he's gonna come out in a, in a, in a, with a good deal with a city that's that's gonna put up the money. He hasn't had to put up a doggone thing for the city. He's gonna come up with the money to to finance to build him a stadium, Las Vegas will, and the owner's gonna come out good. It sucks for the fans, 
but it's not about the fan experience. And that's just my that's just my view on that. That's just Will's take. It's not about the fan experience in the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, or any of these leagues. It's all about the money dollar in that TV contract. That's what it's all about. Thank everybody for taking the time out to listen to Will's take on sports this week. Thank you so much. If when you see the show on see the show on Facebook, like and share the show. Go to the Facebook page and like the Facebook page. Will's take on sports. Like the Facebook page. Also, if you have uh, if you have Twitter or Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Um, WWS underscore Sports Show. That has not changed. That is still the same. So again, thank you so much for those that have that have been loyal to the show and have been. Uh, with me from day one you're still here i really appreciate it thank you so much everybody be easy be light enjoy the final four this week next week will be very interesting as i got a a friend that's going to be coming back to join me and talk to me on the podcast that should be very interesting so thank you everybody be easy see you next week